0: you. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the 31st edition of I Bleed Pinstripes, and I just want to, I was just bobbing my head to that song. I love that song so much, and I want to thank my producer, Jason Hatfield, for uh, writing that song. It is a fantastic song. I think it should have been number one on Billboard all across the land. Well, since it is the 31st edition of I Bleed Pinstripes, you know, I like to correspond that with uh, talking about the various players who wore number 31 in Yankee history, and amazingly, Not a lot of men have worn this number. The first to wear it was uh, Roy Sherrod in 1929. And then, amazingly, nobody wore this number until 1976 at the new Yankee Stadium. And that was Ed Figueroa, who wore it until 1980. And obviously, uh, probably one of the more famous people ever to wear it, and a guy who's actually... He is the most famous. He, he probably is, it's arguably the most famous person to wear it because he is in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Dave Winfield wore it for nine years. Um, and uh, some people refer to him as Mr. May, but I thought he was great. Growing up watching Dave Winfield play every day was pretty amazing. Um, and then, amazingly, the next guy to wear it, 1990, the Yankees gave it right away after I believe they traded him in midseason to the Angels. They gave it right away to Brian Dorsett. <laughs> Uh, Bob Wickman would pick it up in 92, as well as Mike Humphreys in 92. And then amazingly here, it says Hensley Bam Bam Mulins would wear it from 90, 1990 to 93. So that's a little weird. I'm sorry if I'm i uh, I'm a little stuffy today and I'm feeling a little under the weather. So I apologize for a little sniffling and, uh, yeah, I, I apologize. Um, and, I, and if you didn't know this, but Hensley Mullins has been a part of the San Francisco Giants coaching staff for a long time now. I believe he's the third base coach, but he's been there for a while. Uh, Frank Tanana, won in 1993. Xavier Hernandez, won in 1994. Brian Bowringer won in 1995. And if I, if I I could look later on, but I remember Brian Boringer. He had some big outs in the uh, 96, 90, I think 96, 98, and I think he would have worn number 55 then. Um, after that, uh, Timmy Rock Raines wore it for a couple of years, 96 to 98, and boy, was he just uh, a pleasure to have on the Yankees, and really uh, a big help to Derek Jeter. Jeter always looked up to him. Dan Nolte, who I don't remember, wore it in 1999. Lance Johnson, a former Met, he wore it in 2000, as well as Glenn Allen Hill, and as well as Ben Ford. Glenn Allen Hill <laughs> uh, in 2002 to 2005, Steve Casey ward, Jason Anderson, 2005, Aaron Small Ward 2005 to 2006. And if I'm not, if I, if I remember this correctly, Aaron Small uh, went 10-0 one year wearing that number. Actually went out to Oakland to watch a game he pitched on a Saturday afternoon in Oakland. Pitched a complete game, uh, shut out. Uh, it was just tremendous. Uh, he had a great year. Never, uh, you know, I think it was 2006, but uh, it was either one of those years. But he had he gone 10-0 and was just amazing um, and really helped the Yankees uh, do well there. But then after that, he you know, never heard from him again. But boy, what a great year to have. Uh, Josh Phelps, Ward in 2007. Edouard Ramirez in 2007 as well. Ian Kennedy, who I thought we should have kept, but uh, the Yankees traded him, I believe, did we get back in that trade. Uh, we got a guy that we sent off to the Mets, or he left. God, I can't even remember his name that he's gone. Center fielder, played with the Tigers. <laughs> uh, but we got Ian Kennedy. Uh, we gave up, sorry, we gave up Ian Kennedy and got a center fielder, who I cannot remember his name right now. I mean, I've gotten really bad at remembering names. I used to be so good. Uh, Mike Dunn wore it in 2009. Uh, Javi Vazquez, who came back to the Yankees, uh, he was here in 2004, gave up a huge home run, I believe, to Johnny Damon, gave up the Grand Slam in Game 7 in 2004. Uh Yankees, everybody thought he was going to do a good job, but he sucked it up again. And and then uh, Ichiro came over, and he wore it for to, uh, 2012 to 2014. Don't know who's going to pick it up this year. I think I did see somebody who did. I can't remember if it was a pitcher or whatever. Obviously, I've done a lot of research today. <laughs> um, well, you know, in the whole talking about numbers, a lot of talk this week because of the Yankees. And uh, I am recording this a day before spring training, uh, pitchers and catchers show up to Yankee Stadium to uh, George M. Steinbrenner Field. And uh, so the big talk has been, uh, it was let out of the bag by Andy Pettit's son the other day that uh, the Yankees will be retiring his number uh, in August, I believe. And so then I think the Yankees released other information. I don't know if they wanted to do it at that moment. Because then all of a sudden people were like, well, what about Bernie? You know. And so Bernie Williams will, be, will have his number retired as well as Jorge Posada. And Willie Randolph will not get his number retired, but he will get a plaque out in center field. As well as the other gents, uh, it's weird who the Yankees retire. They do it differently than any other team. Uh, some people like to say that, you know, with uh, Jeter gone and um, sort of not people not really knowing what kind of season they're going to have. You know, they got to fill the stadium. Uh, they, you know, stadium cost a billion dollars, so somebody I'm sure it's still being paid off, and uh, they need to fill the stadium. You have these big days and they get the stadium filled people love memories and uh, it brings these, these guys bring back a lot of good memories. But if you look at teams like the Red Sox, if you look at teams like the Cardinals and the Giants, I believe they only, and I could be wrong. uh, I know the Red Sox, everyone, every number that's been retired, except for one, Johnny Pesky and Pesky has been there for like 90 years. He is, some people can, you know, believe is he is the the embodiment of the Red Sox. And in saying that, uh, anyway, he's He's the only guy that's his number was retired. Everybody else' number in the Red Sox, they're Hall of Famers. If you look at the Cardinals, all they're they're all Hall of Famers. The Giants Hall of Famers, they, you know the Mets. I think the Mets only have two numbers retired. That's Casey Stengel, and that's also Tom Seaver. Uh, so a lot of other teams have a very uh, high threshold. You've got to get to a certain point. So I was looking to see, you know, let's look at some of the guys. Uh, Let's look at all of the guys, actually. Uh, Billy Martin, number one. He was retired in 86. Uh, Obviously, number two isn't retired, but it will be retired. Uh, Some guy named Babe Ruth, uh, he's retired. (laughs) Lou Gehrig, who was the first, I believe, in all professional sports to have his number retired and was retired on Lou Gehrig Day on July 4th, 1939. Joe DiMaggio, number five. Uh, Joe Torres, number who was retired. I was there last year. That was a fun day. Mickey Mantle's numbers retired. Yogi Berra and Bill Dickey both share number eight, both retired. Uh, Roger Maris' numbers retired. A lot of people have a problem with that because he was only a Yankee for a few years. Yes, he broke one of the greatest records of all time. Phil Rizzuto, uh, and he is in the Hall of Fame, as well as Thurman Munson, his number was retired. Obviously, he died, uh, tragically, in a plane accident in 79. Uh, he was the captain of the Yankees for many years. Whitey Ford, another Hall of Famer. Don Manningley, who's probably on the cusp of uh, he will now... The only way he can get in now is uh, through the Veterans Committee. But I see no problem with Don Manningley. He's one of the more beloved figures. But I can understand where you would say that... But then again, it's like, how can you see anybody else wearing that number? It's it's a weird, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Um, Elston Howard, uh, number 32, uh, first black man to ever play for the Yankees. Uh, Casey Stengel, obviously his number is retired. He's in the Hall of Fame. Mariano Rivera, I believe he was the only Yankee ever to appear as the only active player to have his number retired, but yet still playing. Reggie Jackson, 44, another one that people have a little problems with because he only played with the Yankees for five years. And Ron Guidry, who is arguably the, you know, arguably the second best lefty in Yankee history and one of the best pitchers that they've ever had. Again, I don't know. He's probably far off from, you know, Hall of Fame consideration. Uh, these are tough. These are tough ones in the Yankees. You know, they 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 their standards are their own. Um, out of all these guys, you know, Ruth, Garrick, DiMaggio, uh, Tori, Mantle, Berra. I'd have to look for a Bill Dickey. I don't know if Bill Dickey is in the Hall of Fame. I would think he is. Um, Phil Rizzuto is in the Hall of Fame. Thurman is not, but you know, you could say that if his career didn't uh wasn't cut short that he was heading there whitey ford obviously in the hall of fame battingly not elston howard not casey yes mariana will be reggie yes ron gidry no out of the next few guys uh is not going to be in the hall of fame bernie's not going to be in the hall of fame pettit's probably on the cusp but because of the uh peds he's not going to make it so i mean you know who knows? The Yankees do what they the Yankees do. They you know some uh, players are very beloved here in the Yankees organization, and, and they're rewarded for that. And I, I don't I don't really see anything matter with that. It's a debate we can talk about it over and over and over and all we want, but it doesn't really matter. The Yankees have made their decisions, and we will go and we will watch the ceremonies, and you know we'll have great memories of that. You know, uh, buddy from mine from Texas was talking about you know. Jorge Posada, you know, good career, but was he a generational kind of player? Um, I could be wrong, but I think probably the Rangers, he's a Rangers fan, and I could I could be wrong in thinking that only Nolan Ryan is probably the only guy that the Rangers have ever retired, you know, a number that has been retired. And that's understandable. You know, you've got to be, I get that. You've got To me, you've got to be a Hall of Famer, honestly. But then again, how can I say that Don Manningly wasn't that kind of player for the Yankees? He was the most beloved player there, you know, for a good 10 years. Um, if you watch those highlights from the 95 playoffs when he had said home run against the Mariners, place could not have been happier for the, that guy to be in that position. And he's, you know, he is beloved here in New York. Um, You know, and unfortunately he got hurt, but he, and he's, you know, he's that guy who's on the cusp, really great, really good ball player, but, you know, the Hall of Fame is, you know, you've got to be one of the best players of the decade. And and you could say that he was, you know, some people don't think that, um, not Don Drysdale, but, uh, God, why can't I remember names anymore? (laughs) Um, oh man, not Drysdale, but, uh. Oh, why can I not remember Sandy Koufax? You know, Sandy Koufax probably had five, six amazing years. And I guess, you know, that's you know, he and he was so good for those five, six years. Calls it quits. And, you know, he gets to the Hall of Fame. You could say that about Pedro as well, too. But Pedro had a great career, but for those five or six years, he was, you know, the best. There was no argument. He was the best. Um, I guess the other big story is that Alex Rodriguez. Uh, he <laughs> uh the Yankees wanted him to hold uh, a press conference before he came down to spring training, I believe, next Wednesday. Alex decided not to do that. They said The, the Yankees said, hey, you can use Yankee Stadium. He, he decided to do a handwritten note. I did not read the note. I, I cannot stand Alex Rodriguez. I'm um, not looking forward to him being on this team. My thought is that he will not get past May 31st. You know, Because at the end of the day, if he's not producing, the Yankees have to cut him. They have to let him go. He's making this money no matter what. I just think a guy who hasn't played in a year, and obviously there have been guys who've come back from injury, you know, and they've come back, you know, look like at Adam Wainwright. I think pitchers are a little different, but uh, I can't think of a hitter who has gone for a year... Obviously, Jeter was gone for a little bit there and he came back and he was okay last year. Had spurts of it. I can see Alex having spurts of it, you know, hitting some home runs, getting some RBIs. But, you know, he's had hip surgery. He has, you know, he's had lingering injuries. He's 40 years old. I can't see him producing anything. Uh, and I think the goal for the Yankees right now is that, yeah, let him come to spring training, show that he can't do it. You know, I just can't see him producing. I cannot, I I can't believe that anybody thinks, and hey, what do I know? But I can't see him, you know, at the end of the year, his numbers, you know, 240, 25 home runs, 80 RBIs. I mean, can you really see that? I I just don't see that. You know, uh, his career has been uh, in a downward spiral for a while now, and I just can't see him. I don't care how much he worked out. I, they always say, you know, you can practice, practice, practice. But when once you get in the games, it's a different speed. And I know that he's been playing this game for a while, but I just think he it's his—it's his, time for his comeuppance. He's taken a lot from this game. I don't know what he's really given to the game. He always states that, hey, I love the game so much. It doesn't seem like he loves the game so much. He seems like the most selfish ball player I've ever seen. And, you know, I, I, I don't wish him any... I don't wish him any, uh, b- any bad on him. <laughs> that doesn't even make any, I don't wish anything bad to happen to him, but it'd be great if he, you know, just bows out and leaves. I mean, he's got see, you know, I can't feel sorry for the guy. And he, I mean, he's almost made over, you know, what he he's signed, he signed two contracts over $200 million. The guy's, you know, filthy rich and I'm sure he's happy. You know, he's going to have to look at himself later in his life. He's going to have to look, you know, tell his girls what he did. And, uh, you know, I really, I just don't care. I just want him off my team. He's such a cancer to me. And, uh, you know, I just hope he's gone. Um, Like I said, it's uh, spring training. It starts tomorrow. Thank God. Uh, With the weather we've had on the East Coast, it's been cold. So just the thought of spring training makes you think, oh, my God. Some warm weather is coming, and uh, that's, you know, we need we need that hope. <laughs> we need some hope. Um, if you don't know, uh, the Yankees' first game will be March 3rd. They play the Phillies. They always seem to play the Phillies a lot uh, at 105. <laughs> and their first home game at George M. Steinberg will be against the Phillies at 105 on March 4th. Um, and just in case you didn't know, big uh, additions this year to the team, Diddy Gregorius, who will be uh, taking shortstop. And, you know, uh, I think most people have already anointed him, the shortstop position. But, you know, there's a chance he falls flat on his face. He's definitely a great, from what we hear, he's a great defensive player. But can he hit 250, 260? Well, we, we will see. But, hey, maybe he has a really bad spring training. Maybe Stephen Drew... Has a great spring training. He steps into shortstop, and maybe one of the kids, Rob, Ref Snyder or Jose Perella, moves into second. You know, lots of things can happen here, so we'll we'll see what happens. That's uh, and that's all you can do. You know, there's lots of prognosticators, and people are saying this and that and blah blah blah. But to me, at the end of the day, it's just it's, you know, the, these guys have got to go between the lines, produce, and that's that's how things get decided, not by people in the media talking about things or. You know, it gets a little convoluted. I think sometimes. You know, who predicted that the Royals were going to the World Series last year? So, people, you know, when you think about it, writers, media types, they really don't know that much. You know, don't get me wrong. I, I love a few guys out there, Buster Only. I love uh, love the New York Times guys who do baseball. I love Bill Madden for the Daily News, but when you when you get down there, at these guys really don't know anything. They're just they're lucky to be right or covering baseball. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? but you just never know what's gonna happen. you know somebody could say, hey, uh, you know, Tanaka's gonna go, you know, get hurt this year or or Tanaka's gonna win twenty games. we just don't know <laughs> that's why we we watch the games that's what's great about baseball we just want to watch the games and the, and we'll see what happens I, I think that's the that's what i look forward to i talk and do this because I, it's fun for me to let out a little bit and you know but at the end of the day it doesn't matter what i what even i have to say i'm just i'm just trying to give my perspective on how i look at things and you know hope that you like it um well the yankees also got garrett jones is uh, coming in He's an outfielder and backup first baseman. They got him in, the, I believe they got him in the Marlins deal. Andrew Miller, who they signed for four years, 40-plus million. Uh, kind of taken over for David Robertson. It looks like it'll be him and Batances as a sort of double-closer role, which I have no problem with. Both guys can go two-plus innings. Nathan Ivaldi, uh, he will probably be the third or fourth starter. And Justin Wilson, a lefty. Uh, Yankees uh, right now, I don't know all the guys' names in the bullpen, but they got a couple guys from Atlanta, uh, I think Patterson and Shrev I could be wrong about that. <laughs> we'll get these names. This is spring training. Everybody, we got to get the names together, figure it all out. But, uh, right now it, it's, it'll, it should be what looks to be that the Yankee strong points this year are going to be defense and their, and their bullpen. Um, don't know about the offense. Obviously, guys like McCann and um Tashera and Beltran. To me, they're the keys to the team. You know, the Yankees didn't score that much last year. And if there's gonna be a big change, you know, and wins this year for the Yankees, it's gonna be those guys. If they produce, then boy, you know, you look at the one through five, that's pretty great. You got uh you got Ellsbury. You got Gardner, and then if he can fill in, I don't even know who you would bat third. I guess Beltran at thir- you know third, maybe McCann fourth, uh, and uh, Tashera fifth. And you know that's a it's a good top of the fifth. Chase Headley's probably sixth. Uh, Drew, uh, you know, uh, it's a it's a weird lineup because then you got Didi Gregorius is probably about ninth. Um, so we'll just have to see how it goes. Um, but if they're going to win games, their bullpen. If you can say, to, if we can say right now that Tanaka and CC are going to give you both thirty plus starts, then then things are going to be great. Obviously, pitching dictates everything. If the Yankees are not giving up that many runs through pitching and defense. Well, then hey, you know you don't have to score that many runs. But they're going to have to figure out a way to score more runs. Um, and uh, I guess the key losses, uh, obviously, Derek Jeter. And uh, I think we'll see more of Jeter's loss as far as leadership. But it seems that the Yankees have a lot of good veterans on the team. There shouldn't be any factions building in there. Uh, going to miss David Robertson. But, uh, you know, I'm going to miss David Robertson. I thought he was great. But the Yankees seem to be, you know, you know, it pisses me off a little because, like with the Ellsbury thing last year, we, we again gave money to a guy who we didn't uh, produce. Like giving up Cano, but yet giving money to Ellsbury, who is a Red Sox. Which is weird to me. It's like, you've got this guy Cano, let's keep him. I know that there was a lot of money, but... And then to give Ellsbury, this so much money. I don't know if he's worth that much money. And then also, Robertson. I mean, pretty much the same amount of money. I would have preferred Robertson. But again, we'll see how... you know Might not even be thinking about David Robertson halfway through the year. Uh, Francisco Civelli. He's gone, and of course he's gone to the uh, Pirates. The Pirates like to take all our backup catchers. They had Russell Martin. Uh, they have Chris Stewart. And uh, now they have Francisco Cervelli. Uh, Martin Prado, who I loved. And I was you know it was like, oh, he's going to be playing second. He'll be playing outfield. He won't be doing that here. He'll be doing it in Miami. Uh, Hiroki Kuroda is gone. And uh, he's uh, actually, he's not retired. He's going to play another season in Japan. And good for him. Uh, David Phelps was traded as well with uh, Prado. He's down in Miami. And Sean Kelly also traded to San Diego. And look out for the Padres this year. They seem to have signed everybody this year. But they will certainly, well, again, you never know. Right now on paper, they look to be one of the better teams. The White Sox did a lot. Uh, in the off season, they look to be a better team, but we just don't know. We don't know how these things are going to gel. Anyway, folks, uh, that was a uh, episode 31. I hope you liked it. I was a little under the weather. Uh, Jason, I apologize if I am, uh, snapping my gums. I hate that I do that. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about that. And it's funny. I've, uh, I was listening to John Sterling. He does that all the time and he's a professional broadcaster And speaking of professional broadcaster, on a personal note, I don't know if you've ever heard these commercials for Connecticut School of Broadcasting, uh, but I am actually going to be attending the Connecticut School of Broadcasting in March for uh, two months, and uh, hopefully uh, by doing that, these podcasts will get better, have better production value on my end. Um, Jason does a a fabulous job of getting these out and putting them on the air, Um, but my goal is to one day be a broadcaster or, you know, on TV or radio or doing voiceovers. And so I'm trying to live the dream and doing what I want to do and something that I probably should have done a long time ago. Anyway, folks, that's it for me. Uh, I will be back next week with another episode, uh, episode 32. And, uh, that's pretty awesome to say. Anyway, guys, take care. Uh, and I will talk to you later. Bye. This has been a presentation of Hatfield Digital.